0: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the House of the Deaf podcast with Rafael Calantonio from Austin, Texas. Hey, Raf. Hello. My name is Peter Sandnikov and our special guest for this episode is Ilya Yermeev, the co-founder and managing partner of The Games Fund, a video games focused VC fund. Hey man, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Sure. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me.
2: You
0: are entering the house of the Death. Uh, this time we've got a pretty abstract topic. Who defines the future of games or what defines the future of games. But uh, for the sake of introduction, I've got a little story to tell. Now, about a year ago, we've had uh, Victor Antonov, the co-creator of Dishonored and Half-Life 2 on our podcast. Do you remember that, Raphael? Oh, yeah. So Victor told us back then that he's preparing some huge news and last month it turned out that Victor and his partners have funded a new studio called Eschatology Entertainment and they are working on a new hardcore game set in the apocalyptic West. And all this became possible because of the funding the studio received from the Games Fund. So yeah, that's that. Thank you, Ilya, for making this happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody is thrilled for the next sure. game. Um, I, yeah. Can we speak yeah, a um, bit about that? You guys uh, for starters, I realize you're tired of talking about money. And for everybody out there, there's plenty of videos, of Ilya answering all sorts of questions about funding and money. We'll leave a couple of links in the description. Okay, so let's put it that way. Funding studios, to me, it sounds like taking responsibility for Uh, for the upcoming games and overall landscape of the industry. What's your take on that? And do you feel yourself a person who leads the industry in a certain way? And what is the way that you see necessary for the industry these days?
1: Uh, Even how necessary is um, fighting for uh, video game startups?
0: No, 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 of course not. I mean, uh, when you choose uh, which studio you support, you kind mm-hmm. of create the, mm-hmm. the, a whole new, you know, vector of uh, creative thinking. Um, mm-hmm. You support a certain school of thought, maybe, or maybe you put something down cynically. Uh, how does it work from your perspective?
1: Um, okay, because uh, the fund is, um, you know, it's a financial organization in the first place, so. Um, we mostly looking for opportunities that would, you know, in our opinion, would have financial success. Uh, but I believe that, um, in video games industry, uh, financial success is, you know, pretty often tied to the quality of the game and to the impact that the game is kind of inflicting to, to, to the audience. Um, there are cases where there are when there is a super cool game, super you know well crafted, super uh, innovative design and uh, stuff like that, but for some reason uh, it didn't uh, get enough attention and uh, um, it's not financially successful. But I don't believe that there are some you know the, the case that um, the game is uh, successful and makes shit ton of money. And um, it's a bad game. I, I believe it's uh, it's an impossible case. And uh, if um, there are people who are playing this game who are enjoying it, even if they are kind of complaining uh, in a comment section uh, or leaving the negative feedback on, uh, on a Steam page. They and they still playing. They still uh, kind of uh, getting that um, getting that positive positive impact on their life. They getting that experience. The only thing how it could be you know different if uh, there has been a massive you know marketing campaign and uh, the game did not met the expectations uh, of, of of the audience. So it's kind of a, um, a form of fraud in a way. So uh, it's a bad thing, but. Um, because uh uh you're playing a kind of long game and uh we expect that you know, the sales of the game would not be just in, in a release date but will be uh for a kind of extended um, period in time um if the game is really bad it would affect the future sales and uh, um finished successful game could not be bad um so we, when we choose uh, what kind of companies to fund what kind of uh, games to fund we um we consider their financial perspectives and uh inside this uh kind of bracket of potentially financially successful companies of course we consider our own preferences our own taste uh and uh, what kind of games we want to play by ourselves and uh, what we'll kind of games we want to see like in the world in the Steam uh, on mobile and uh yeah this way we're kind of shaping the, the future but the thing is that uh it'll be uh, you know it could sound like a lot of power in, in a single hand but in a single you know, pair of hands but the fact is there are a lot of video game investors and uh, if uh, uh it's kind of a you know community driven uh effort because if if you didn't uh, invest in this uh, in this game maybe someone else like there are dozens of uh, of uh, firms that are uh, looking for anything promising and so if uh, something is not funded maybe there are two options uh, it's really uh, not a good enough game uh, so it's not impressed anyone and maybe it's too niche to, to be attractive for uh, for institutional investors and the, the, that kind of game should find some other way uh, to the market besides, uh, besides venture capital
2: it's a um, it's a complex equation between what the creatives wants to do what people who are going to fund them think will work and what actually works. And um, unfortunately, uh, the reality is that people don't really know what will work. People don't really know what they will like in the future. Uh, So, of course, I'm on the side of the creative. Uh, I'm often frustrated at the market. Market being really made of the people who make the market and the people who who are the market. And so, if you think of like, similarly to the movie industry, where everybody does does remake all the time, which is very, very depressing. Uh, And it's true right now, you have like Call of Duty 17 or something, whatever, you know. Uh, And the reason why they do those is because people are buying them. You know, the day that people don't buy them anymore, they will stop doing that and they will try something else. Uh, and so then you have other investors that come, they don't have franchises. If they had them, they would probably do that. They would, <laughs> you know, they would probably just like uh, keep like milking those franchises they have, but they don't have them. So they are like, okay, we want a piece of the cake. So, uh, and you know, often these people are also gamers themselves and they have an opinion about games, what, what games are, are, you know, what they want to see and what is too niche, what is, you know. But there's so many variables. Uh, marketing is part of one, luck, timing quality of the team, you know, so at the level of a pitch, when someone comes with a pitch, all you can trust is uh, the team, the idea, and that, can you even trust that really? Uh, You know, you can, you can trust it to some degree. So it's, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, it's always, it's it's a very difficult choice for the investors. Uh, So my, my approach as a creative is that I don't really, I don't really want to care too much about all this. I'm, I'm on my, I'm on my path. I, uh, I believe in what I do. I, I believe in my team. I try to find people who, who like the, the tune that I'm singing and they want to be part of that. Uh, and, uh, in our case, it's, you know, sometimes we hit, sometimes we don't, but we're consistent. Uh, I, you know, I, I assume that's how you come up with uh with a, with, a, with a genuine idea, a genuine market, uh, as opposed to trying to chase it, you know, because the, the risk of trying to chase the market and what works, what doesn't work is that it's, uh, you can't really know. Um, you can't really know. And then what you do is you just keep repeating what you've done that works. Hence the tendency for publishers to just like do sequels, you know? which is a little sad, but hey, if it works, it works. It's it's the players. At the end of the day, it's the players who will decide, you know?
1: uh yeah it works to uh, uh to some degree because uh, if we only would publish and uh you know fund sequels um we'll burn out the audience and they will get tired of uh, games and it will lead us to some you know, some sort of crisis uh, in a crisis of trust and industry and uh, we there should be some healthy combination of uh you know uh sure bets uh on sequels and remasters and Reboots and some fresh blood, something new, something innovative and risky. You know, I absolutely agree that it's impossible to predict like what kind of games would be popular. Uh, like it's uh, it's almost impossible. And uh, when venture uh, investor invests in something, there is a ninety percent false positive chance that uh, that the ninety percent of uh, the deals would fail. Ninety percent of uh, you know our companies, our investments uh will not deliver a good enough result and we'll, we'll we'll go bankrupt uh maybe we'll save some money out of it uh maybe not but the bet is on this 10 of super winners that should cover the whole fund so in every bet we should be targeting this uh potential mega hits and uh, there's uh, uh there's some kind of high risk high reward uh, game but No, vice versa. It's not true. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like false negative is not ninety percent accurate. So, if we uh, think that something is uh, should not be funded, it's most likely should not be funded, or it should uh, find a way uh, through some other uh, channel, like community support or. Um, I know, like, uh, big misses like uh, Airbnb is one of the most famous misses uh, for venture investors like all, all the big guys they uh, been thinking that uh, it, it's a you know it's a crazy idea it's not gonna work and they all uh, passed on uh, this opportunity uh, on a really good terms and it turned out uh, that it's been actually a real good idea but uh, the rate of false positives is much, much higher than with uh, false
2: negatives. I I have a funny story about that. Um, So I can't remember if it was like 10 to 15 years ago, I went to Microsoft and uh, I I won't say who it was. It was a a person that we were meeting there. And um, um, this person had this kind of like a toy of a guitar in in his hand and he was showing it to me. And so like, I had this pitch uh, some people gave me this pitch and so it's a game where like you, you play this toy fake guitar and like on top of it there's the music and it's supposed to match the notes and it's a great idea but it will never work. <laughs> and there was Guitar Hero obviously. So it's it's always funny.
0: Once in a while uh, there, there's always guys like that who come up with a great idea um, in which nobody believes. We can also remember uh, Wargaming with the World of Tanks. Uh, I remember... 2011 or something like that everybody was going like what an mmo about tanks you gotta be kidding me no one will be playing it (laughs) and now we got (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's crazy yeah (laughs) yeah so uh rafael before you said you said an interesting thing about uh about the people who keep on happily buying uh annual call of battlefield 17 because uh you know because they want it a while ago i i've had a very interesting conversation on game study uh and uh we were arguing about well it was almost a chicken egg argument uh but still my point was that people keep buying and asking for more games about warfare violence and uh shooting stuff uh because the whole history of mankind is warfare and killing each other that's it's just in our dna Mm -hmm. uh and my opponent was going like people keep buying these games because game designers keep on creating them and as soon as they stop and change the topic everything will change what do you guys think about that uh it it may sound crazy but it has my opponent had had the point you know because uh video the video game industry is rather young compared to to the movies and theater and literature and you probably are still i mean you and me and we are all all of us we're still able probably we're still able to change the game but is it possible is it really needed uh and uh can 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 a person or a studio mostly a studio probably offer something Really fresh on a AAA level, uh, and how much time would a change like that require?
2: I was going to say that the AAA part is the is the thing that I probably don't believe in. Uh, I mean, I believe in AAA, but I don't believe in a, in a very innovative AAA. I think AAA are like a, a big momentum type of type of object, uh, and so as much as we can be surprised by the next Minecraft that will you know be developed with uh, six dollars and a half. Uh, by, by some, someone in, in, their cave. Uh, that might happen. Uh, it will happen. No doubt. And then everybody will copy it. And then the AAA will start to, uh, to migrate some of the ideas in there, right? Yeah. That's, that's how it works. And maybe, maybe that's okay that it works like that. You know, I think, I think once you make a AAA, it means that it's going to cost 50 to 100 million. Uh, yes, you're gonna be tempted to do a sequel or to do a clone of a of a franchise. You know, if you don't do Call of Duty, then you're gonna do a Call of Duty like, which is equally sad, uh, because the 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 you know that's the safe thing to do. There's no, nothing safer than that, frankly. And uh, so I understand. If I had a you know 100 million dollars, uh, and I was told like Raf, you get, you gotta. Select a team now to, and it's gonna make money. Not don't choose it just because of what you like. Choose it because it's gonna make money. I might do that too. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a sad, but uh, because as long as the people buy them, it's like the fault is the gamers. You know, it's not the, it's not the creative, it's not the business people. The, the, the really it's like the gamers of the game they, 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 they want. You know, they, they deserve in a way, which is kind of sad. But you know, that's why, that's why those uh, clones
0: and uh, sequels keep coming out. But yeah, but at the same time, don't you think that the the need uh, for, I don't know, for for first person shooter games, it uh, it goes with its roots in 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 times of Wolfenstein 3D because because somebody started developing these games and that's what people are uh, after now. I know it's a, it's a, it's a philosophical question. It's kind of yeah. It's, a chicken it's the chicken and egg. it's not very you know. It,
2: uh-huh. It's what you're familiar with, and and I think uh, you can see this in in every ways. You know, in every in every consumable, like, whether it's movies or music. I think people are you know they like what they're familiar with, and it's it's whenever you throw at them something a little new, they're like, oh, I don't know about that yet. You know, there are of course they are the tastemakers, They are the there are the people who like innovation and 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 different things. So that's I think that's why it's not it's. On one hand, I find it a little sad. On the other hand, I think it's just part of the process. It's like, you know, big games are going to do what they do and small games are going to try like little things until until something sticks. And then they're they acquired by this giant company for, you know, a lot of money. And uh, then they go, yeah, we made it. And then they become big and they make big things forever that are sequels of the things that they find when they were small. You know, it's... It seems like it's the process, you know, and meanwhile, other people with money try to find the next thing and or, or, or invest in clones. <laughs> and it's like, well, I guess, I guess it's the way it has to be, uh, you know, as long as everybody's happy at the end. That 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 part, I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. But, uh, and actually, not that bad. Uh, while we keep finding you know, innovative ideas and, uh, you know, creators are able to create and uh, have, uh, have uh, you know, environment to create. And uh, actually, I believe that uh, currently we're living in a, you know, in a time when it's, you know, it's tremendously easy to create something uh, to because you, you you don't have any, you know, technical constraints and the only constraint is in your mind. Yeah. So if you have something innovative in your mind, you could, you know, you could develop it, uh, you know, with minimal resources. You don't ever have uh, to, to raise, uh, you know, venture funding to create something you, innovative and yeah. small scale and made it make it big, right? So uh, you have Unity, you have free tools for almost everything. You don't need money, you don't need team. I, today I, I talked with a guy who developed a competitive free-to-play shooter game uh, in Unreal Engine by himself. Uh, it looks brilliant and uh, uh, it, it's super innovative. Uh, it's something like uh, 30 people against 30 people. Uh, it's, it's a massive, uh, massive game and he developed it like, in, you know, one and a half years alone. And it, it's yeah, never it's been, amazing. you know, an option years ago. Uh, yeah. No, so, you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, like from a business perspective, but uh, yeah, it's kind of brutal. And you cannot expect, you know, AAA developers to to fund uh, super innovative, to pour like uh, dozens of million dollars in super innovative products except it's uh, Star Citizen, for instance, right? So uh, there, there are some super ambitious, like ultra-mega ambitious uh, projects uh, with uh, enormous budgets. They could be considered innovative in a way they are funded and developed. Uh, but uh, we should not be upset about that. Uh, it's just, you know, it's uh, it's not, you know, fighting against low-scale creative people. Uh, they're not, you know, there is not getting the opportunities to succeed, it's not not like that. There is a super uh, fruitful environment. And uh, uh, if you want to create innovative games, you can do that easier than ever before.
2: Yeah, it's very true. Uh, The tools are there. uh, And I mean, you know, we've seen like things like the OpenAI chat bot, uh, which are super amazing. Like they will probably help you to program stuff even. So at some point, it's not so much. The 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 barrier is more like the marketing, like the act. The it's the it's going through all that competition and and reaching the reaching the the people, uh, and that might be the where you have to put your dollars now, like you know, other than making the game. Because I agree, making games is more accessible than ever. You need less people than you can do bigger things with less. Um, but then is how you reach the people, right? How you reach your market. You, same could be told about the about the music. It it used to be uh, impossible to make an album or or uh, without going to a studio and, and knowing who or what. But now, like anyone can push an album on Spotify overnight. Um, but then the question remains, you know, how do you succeed? Uh,
1: but if you create something really really cool and innovative and niche, and you you know, I know it, it's not to publish it on on. Um, on reddit and uh, the audience uh, will pick it up and i never heard about games that are really really good and for some reason they are super underrated now uh you know the, the whole community is so you know hungry for something cool and new and uh, there are some you know this you know kind of communities of early adopters and they hunting for new concepts hunting for something new and fresh and exciting and then they bring it to to the general audience and they popularize it. And it's true that uh, it become much more like a competitive landscape. but it wasn't like that before, before b- because uh, we didn't have enough content on, on platforms and uh, people been you know there is you know only 10 games and you could choose from 10 games and there there, there are your options. And everyone who made barely digestible game, barely fun game, uh, you know, had every every chance to succeed, and now it's competition. It's competition of uh, marketing efforts. But you could, you know, you could play guerrilla. You, you could hack marketing. You could use um, plurality, and it's not like uh, you know there is only option uh, to succeed to, to make it a popular game to you know to sell yourself to the corporation. Uh, there are influencers, there are, uh, you know, marketing hacks, there are variety. Like one of our com- portfolio companies, uh, uh, a company called uh, Yarvi Games, uh, they developed a game. There have been like four people at the start and uh, then uh, they grew to some uh, larger team. But they developed a the game and just published it uh, on, um, on App Store and they've been getting over a quarter of a million downloads per day from Brazil solely uh because of its viral effect and uh, at some point they become uh you know number one app not just a game but an app in, in brazil uh on uh, android uh of course it's not uh you know it's not a rule and it's not you yeah. cannot you know ex- expect that uh every time and every game will get that kind of uh, attention the kind of success but it's it, it's kind of signals that it's not impossible even even now if you find something some you know some hole in a markets armor and you you know and you stick a dagger in it and uh, get an advantage uh, on, on a hack that you found uh, that you, you you have all the chances of, of success but the thing is like game developers are too focused on you know creating games and they don't you know they have to understand that creating a game uh, uh it's not about you know creating a build of the game uh, it's a social social phenomena and you and we should treat it as social phenomena and a huge part of the social phenomena is how to deliver that game to the audience how to connect to your audience because the experience of the game is happening when players play in your game if you deliver, if you created a awesome game and nobody plays it, uh, you're going kind to of fail this creator uh, because uh, the, the whole magic, the very magic of uh, of this creation is when someone is experiencing your creation and uh, and that's why the audience is so important and that's why you have to pay attention how to, you know, distribute a game and get it to the audience because that's a half of the, you know, creation process.
0: Speaking about um, the new ideas, uh that we as developers keep uh, on searching for, and uh, that gamers are... Well, they say that they're looking for. (laughs) Um, Do you guys think that the culture of hype actually did the games any good? Uh, Because I've noticed that behind the curtain of hype... I mean, the the, the contrary of hype is always hate so that's the the hype generated the hate culture we we've got callisto protocol that came out this weekend and everybody hates the game because you know everybody hyped it and now the the game has some technical issues on the release and uh, now everybody hates it so that's kind of how stuff works in the gaming industry in the past years uh and uh, that that algorithm kind of prevents people from seeing interesting stuff around them i mean after the uh during the pandemic uh I, I really think that we don't we don't talk about this enough because uh, looking back at uh, 2022 uh, I realized that like, when you when you take a peek at the the game awards uh pretenders you 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 would probably see that there are like five games fighting each other in each category and uh everybody is whining like there's no new games there's no new ideas and et cetera et cetera but we kind of forgot that this is actually the echo of the pandemic like it it became uh, even harder to develop games when your team is distributed i mean i have a distributed experience for like i've, I've been working with the distributed team for 10 years and uh when the pandemic started i um i've noticed how many people how many managers uh um they they kind of lost their shit because they need to work from their flats without visiting the office and it, it kind of ruined their day-to-day life it was okay for me but i I uh I took the point that it was destructive for many people and now we see that uh like taking taking a look back at 2022 how many games did we have how many were good uh do 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 we really need to look forward for more new hits or maybe we should just you know take a break stop breathe out and look at games that were lost behind the curtain of hype and hate and all this, you know, shit fighting each other. Well, the major thing that I wanted to talk about is actually developing video games after the pandemic. Because I'm sure that uh, Raphael has his perspective on this. And uh, I'm sure that Ilya has his perspective too uh, from, you know, different points of view. Can we talk about this a bit?
2: Well, I mean... This might be beyond uh, my opinion in a sense that it's hard to know. I mean, the world has changed. Uh, I have changed. people, people that I work with, have, have changed. With uh, it's communication is different now. Like uh, trends, what people like, what we like. Uh, so, how much of it is the pandemic? How much of it is just? Us changing and and uh, being tired of some of the stuff. Uh, at the moment, I think, for for our part, we are. Uh, it feels pretty good because we're back into working from home, but meeting uh, in person uh, every once in a while, so that uh, you know we gather the entire team on one site, and uh, and those are great moments because it's um, it kind of. Uh, Makes that human link that is so important in creativity. That then we can go back to our places and work remotely and still have that kind of like thin thread of uh, of human connection we had like last time until we need to build it up again and and meet again in a you know in a hotel together. Uh, that's that's what we've been doing and it's it's it felt very good. I don't know if it answers your question, um, but as far as like the type of games we like to do. I, I, very, very consistent, you know, uh, we like simulation. We like uh, worlds and ex- exploring worlds that are cohesive in, in which players can have tons of experimentation and, and, um, and authoring of their agency or on their, on their um, um, experience. And that's, that's what we like. Uh, and I don't think that will ever change for us for life. Mm. <laughs> As your tweet
0: was going, immersive Sims for Life. <laughs> uh
1: Peter, to you to your question about like uh, are we getting, you know, good games uh in, like now? Uh I believe we are. We definitely are. Like I just a uh, few months ago I finished uh, Resident Table Seven, The Village. That's an you know mind blowing oh, game. Yeah. I never You're seen good, a yeah. game like with that level of direction. Oh, that's uh, even at this time, not that big very you know fan, but it was something, you know, amazing. I I I
2: got a are you talking about the seventh or the 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 eighth?
0: The village. Ah it's the eighth, yeah. Seven was better.
2: You know the last one I played was four, I think. Uh I mean it's funny because I don't mind sequels in the sense of I I don't mind sequels if they were like one every four years. Because then it would feel like, oh yeah, I've been waiting, you know, like Zelda does it. Like, okay, cool, the new Zelda or like the new Resident Evil. But it's like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to name specific franchises, but we know them, right? But like those that ship every year, every year, man, it's like, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> that's, that's so because they, they, the, the difference between one year and the next is so little. Nah you're obviously talking about this year, right? I got you. Am I?
0: Uh,
1: Am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's just cool. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Isn't isn't the latest one a good game? Uh I think it is such, such, such maybe. Many, uh, you know,
2: TikToks uh with this ghost uh like sad look. Uh <laughs> maybe, but it it become it becomes such a um uh, a turn off for me that every year i have to expect this new thing to come out which is not new that i i lose interest like so i might be missing out it might be incredible uh it's just that you know uh I, i'm just turned off by the idea or like this milking machine
0: yeah and it's super funny that- uh like we're we're sitting here and whining about the lack of new ideas about the call of duty uh, coming out each year and then the new call of duty comes out and uh uh, it's like it's a it's another new level of blockbuster shit. It's not just another Call of Duty. You you have to expect Raphael. It's like it sets the record of the sales for the Call of Duty series. I don't know how it works. It sounds crazy every <laughs> time. Every time, like what? <laughs> is there so is there so many new people out there to buy this amount of copies of your new game? Yeah. They got they got to not buy something else, right? Yeah, yeah. It's us who got tired
1: of all the sequels and remasters. But the audience is changing. The audience has grown. they are
0: not just the same people but who buy not that are buying. fast, not that fast. Like every year.
1: Uh you know, uh, the, not the audience of you know, uh, like PC general audience. The audience of Call of Duty is changing, right? So people have been playing other games, and then uh, they wanted to give it a try and. Uh, uh there's uh, some for some reason they decided to ditch uh battlefield or you know uh, play Call of Duty in addition to battlefield but the thing is that you know uh it, it's a decent game it's set uh you know sales records uh it's it's audience keep growing uh, It's been supported by uh you know side uh, side projects in the same franchise like warzone and the warzone 2 and it's also you know uh expanded the audience of, of the franchise. So I think uh, it's, it's, mm, it's a good thing. And at the same time, we are getting, you know, other experimental and innovative games uh, in addition to Call of Duty. It, it, it's not like we get getting, you know, Call of Duty instead of other games. But there is... Uh, um, there is some truth in words of here, uh, in, in a uh, in words of Guide that you mentioned before, like people who are engaged in developing Call of Duty, they could be, you know, they could be creating something else, right? So they are hiring top talents, hiring top engineers, top artists, top designers, and they're forcing them to create the same game over and over again. Uh, and uh, they, if uh, there will be no Call of Duty, they could be, uh, you know, working on something, something else something creative and something you know rc the choice of um art house shit is much wider than even before ever before uh and uh, if uh if you're really into that uh like you, you get all the freedom and all, all the all the options you can find uh, you, uh and there's unlimited opportunities to find some weird shit, uh in, in steam or out steam so uh, i don't think that we are uh, you know losing something while I'm
0: getting coded, yeah. Mm, yeah, except for the devs who probably look at the success of games like that and go like, I don't I, I don't want to develop my original idea. It's too original. Everybody wants to <laughs> shoot everyone with with, with, with with boring semi-automatic guns and like with boring semi-automatic gun sounds in boring uh, camouflage, you know. It's not the yeah. it's not the Call of Duty series exactly that frustrates me personally it's um uh, the the past summer there were uh, there were a couple of uh video game festivals and um uh, i've watched every trailer uh when when they when they've ended and uh i've seen uh, a brilliant comment uh under the you know under some some video like it was uh it was going something like in in indie games you gotta imagine if you are a potato or if you are a mice or if you are a card deck or if you are a steering wheel or whatever in in triple games you gotta uh, you gotta imagine what if you have a gun so it's not the call of duty itself it's the whole paradigm of imagine what if you have a gun and what after i read this comment i was like man this is this is so true like Imagine a narrative designer, or a writer, or or an or an, a lead artist who develop a world. It's a fictional world with cool backstory, and the motives of the the, the heroes and the drama and a love story maybe. And then uh, somebody walks into a room and goes like, "Now give the gun. Just give him the gun." And it kind of it, it kind of it, it, it puts down all the rest in the game. Does really do do really many things um, matter to a player when he has a gun?
2: uh, It's true, but I mean, uh, look, there there are some big AAA games where you have a gun and that are deeper than just that, right? And and, uh, just to name a few, the Fallouts. Yeah, yeah, you have sports, but if you have a gun, like you have like old, you know, some interesting RPGs like uh, like the Fallout franchise or uh, or. You know, hopefully, uh, maybe the next day with sex or whatever, uh, where you have guns and you can, yeah, and you can do more than just killing people. You know, Uh, I mean that's what we tried with things like Dishonored and Prey. You had guns, but and it was in the AAA realm. But you're right, yeah. I mean, as soon as you give a gun, uh, yeah, most, (laughs) most, uh, most of the action is gonna is gonna be around that, around what you what can you do with a gun, and there's not much other than shooting at people. Yeah, it's true.
1: Uh, you know there is kind of an anecdote like uh, there are three types of games three types of games right first one you shoot boys shooting things second one oh it's a metaphor for depression third one, one is Nintendo games so that, that's <laughs> like you could uh, uh choose one option and uh, every game could fall into one of the categories uh, but yeah uh, that's true like but even if with a gun, you could tell you know compelling story like uh, take uh, Max Payne one and two, right? So despite that, there have been a lot of shootings. Why not three, uh, man? The whole, the whole... Hold on a
0: second. Why not Max Payne three?
1: <laughs> I I hate how they change the main character like uh, no. like bold Max Payne Hawaiian t-shirt.
0: No, no I... you can't. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been. <laughs> like, uh Much pain.
2: You know, there is there is one aspect to, uh, the AAA industry. I mean, the the which which might be which might compete in other ways that is not necessarily creative. Um, because there is a shortage of developers in general right now, and because the AAA games are needing even more people. It does create some sort of crazy, crazy competition between uh, huge companies that need four, five hundred uh, people, and so they they raise the salaries. They, they they will do anything to to get people on on, on their next uh, game number twenty two, uh, and and that creates. That creates a problem for uh, smaller devs that want to be, you know, they still, we, we also need people, but we can't, you know, can't pay those, those uh, absolutely crazy salaries. So in that regard, it's uh, but again, it's just the ecology, the, the ecosystem, the way it is. Right. It's uh, and, and there's no, it's not like a, it's not like I have a bitterness about it or a solution to propose. I'm just saying, like, yeah, well, it, that that thing is happening, right? So it's like one more challenge, and we have to go around that. Uh, and uh, in a way, when you recruit people that come to 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 your company, uh, if you're not one of those, if you're not like um, in the AAA uh, business, then at least you know they come to you because because they really like that. So it might be a good filtering, you know, not by choice. That is no.
0: true. That is true. But at the same time, I've noticed that in the past few years, um, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of triple, I mean, there's a lot of developers from the A segment who got tired from this conveyor, you know, philosophy and this way of work and this, <laughs> the, this work-life balance, etc. And they're looking for fresh ideas and they kind of they kind of stop their growth in terms of their career in the company they're working for they look for an opportunity inside an indie studio so they they kind of they join up with some indie project staying on their place in a big company but without growing inside of it so they kind of i have the money here and i have the guarantees and All that stuff here and i got the creative stuff and uh you know my soul is here so that's uh that's one of the good ones you know i don't know if Uh, if it's the same in in the us or in south africa but uh in my southern you know (laughs) northern land it's like that uh yeah this is true uh but there are some you know we have to face
1: uh, the economic reality, right? So, um, first of all, current uh, current conditions of, uh, in the workplaces are much much better than it was, you know, twenty years before, twenty years ago, ten years ago, right? Uh, there will be no, you know, negotiations about, you know, all the guarantees and compensations and smoothies and you know, e-bikes in office and stuff like that. I mean, people have been working in kind of uh, in. Uh, you know in, in basements like mm-hmm. uh literally and they've been happy developing video games and all these people who are working for people uh game companies right now yeah they are they they, they eventually maybe get tired of you know of, of this uh repetitive uh franchise treadmill and uh like the 30 percent of our deal flow is from uh like we are vets of that and that company and they're willing to create something new something innovative we got a. We, we've been working on you know on you on uh call of duty on uh, diablo on uh other other huge franchises and now we want to create something new and innovative and they they came up with some weird shit, right so they want to create something they don't create you know another call of duty uh they they uh they want to do some experiments and they uh there are some really, really good concepts uh out there. Maybe they are not always uh you know that you know um uh, that attached to reality sometimes they are too too innovative but uh what you are saying is uh, uh it's it's true. Uh like people got tired and they you know stable jobs and they want to try something something and it also innovative and uh, that's that's beautiful why not it's it's natural it's
0: healthy um um it's cool it's how it should be speaking about the the studios that you choose to fund um several weeks ago you've announced that uh tgf is uh please help me formulate this correctly this is your new strategy or uh you are looking forward to games who can that game can, uh, can become uh cross-media franchises can be stretched uh, across movies video games music albums toys and stuff can we talk about that is that is that something that uh the devs outside the triple a segment should really uh, look at or is that not their headache
1: uh, you know, uh, I don't think that, like in, with esports, right? Uh, I believe that it's impossible to create, intentionally create an esport franchise, esport mm-hmm. uh, game. Like if you force it, uh, uh, you know, uh, I never saw an example of, uh, you know, uh, forced popularity of esports. You could fund tournaments, you could, you know, uh, advertise it heavily. Like Game Inside did with Gunship, for instance, and if uh, the, the franchise is not picked up by the audience, uh, you, you just pour your money in the annual speed and that, that yeah, it's eat. all about community. And uh, so I think, I think uh, it's um, it's the same thing with uh, like franchise forming uh, IPs and uh, and uh, and games. You cannot predict that this exact game would create a franchise and you then will, you know, shoot movies and launch a TV series on Netflix and then write an album with uh, some, I don't know, uh, with Imagine Dragons and uh, uh, that, that how you would expand. But at least there should be a possibility for that, right? So if uh there are some similar opportunities and in one opportunity there isn't there is potential for ip forming for franchise forming and we kind of see that uh if um if uh, they succeed their potential uh that uh, the lore is you know is cool and innovative and it's um kind of original that could be um uh, that could be used in some different forms of media so if uh, that, that should be uh, like it obviously would be beneficial like in uh in hello neighbor in omnom in uh among us in in uh, in uh minecraft and other uh companies they not been intentionally uh you know created to, to become a franchise outside of the game but when we all but we are here we are not like uh, 10 years ago and now we see some kind of patterns and these games have something in common and if you see the exact pattern in some future potential opportunity and we believe that okay these, these these characters are huggable they they could become you know cute and popular among kids like we consider that as an as a pros uh when, when we you know deciding should be invested in this company or not and uh if there is some you know general high fantasy without any you know new uh new ideas it's obvious that it's almost uh, have no chances to create a new franchise mm-hmm. and uh, nobody would you know write books uh based on this on, the, on this game something like that um yeah so i i wouldn't say that it's kind of a new strategy it's kind of a uh, new insight that we got like uh, if uh, there is a the potential to create a like multi-platform multimedia ip that would be good that would be good and people should you know consider that when we decide what they what, what to start in development Right, I, I suddenly
0: recalled events. that I actually have two Dishonored novels right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So speaking of which, uh, can you relate to that? Uh were you were you trying to I don't know control in some way how Dishonored uh gets bigger than just a video game? What what was your you know uh your point of view on that back in the day? Yeah uh, no now?
2: there were there was not really an intention. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, like the, the new game I'm working on right now, I I'm I do see how uh, I would like it to be uh, maybe part of a, you know like a TV show or something. And I think the the reason why Dishonored uh, had those novels and um, and I you know same could have been done with Prey. I think I think we, we design our worlds so that they are much bigger than the game but that serves the game primarily it's uh, it's it's to bring that depth yeah, you know, that 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 yeah that illusion uh which from the player standpoint where they are evolving in a world that is uh you know like real like they, they look behind buildings and there's something you know and the building was made for a reason and the people that inhabit the buildings are there for a reason they will have a, they they'll have a story etc so and that is definitely conducive to, uh, you know, to writing books or, or, or doing more. Um, and so, in in in, the, in this new game, uh, it's definitely something that I'm looking at from the get go. As uh, as we're developing the, uh, uh, the the you know deepening the world, etc., I'm like, hmm, that that could actually that becoming very interesting. We get we start to set up so many. Um, elements that then are just gold mines for creating more content you know um, and um, yeah I, I I love that approach but it's uh it takes time actually, hold on a second gentlemen a hold on a second are
0: you Raphael are you working on a new game you just said that or is it
2: did I say that
0: yeah oh. you said that twice
2: oh maybe maybe I don't know it's like maybe in my
0: head I don't know um, and mine also. <laughs> <laughs> I just double checked. No news on your official website. Is that are you? Raphael Colentone is working on new game. I mean, aren't we, always <laughs> we should make on a this the topic of this episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, well, yeah, I mean, of course, I'm always working on something new, like you know, at least, uh, you know, at least some plans. Mysterious man.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, there's another thing that um, I Yeah, would, um, uh, yeah sorry. Please.
1: I just want to add some, some um, uh, little comment that uh, I think that the whole media environment, media platforms, have changed, right? What, what we had before, like shitty movies from football, right? Uh, and now we have pretty, pretty high quality content. Uh, we have like Witcher. We have uh, hopefully of good. of uh,
0: Persia.
1: Yeah. Persia and. Uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that the uh, movie universe and game universe are kind of colliding, and that uh, they're becoming a whole, uh, whole, uh, um, I don't know, uh, space, uh, and that's why uh, it's easier now for gaming franchises, gaming IPs to enter uh, and penetrate uh, video, video space, uh, video platforms, and-, and vice versa.
2: Yeah, and also there are gamers are everywhere I think uh, it used to be imagine going to the to, to, to a TV organization 30 years ago and saying hey you know I'd like to make a movie with this with this game <laughs> they'd be laughing right they'd be like oh this is a toy like what are you talking about and now like, people that are in charge of uh, TV channels they're probably gamers themselves so they, they do they, those bridges are created this way we have a Lego movie <laughs> right so uh, it's
1: uh, live along uh deep lower games
0: it's probably the last thing that I wanted to to ask about uh but I'm sure that you you guys have a lot to to share in this um every now and then there's something from the outside kind of threatening to destroy the old world including mm. social networks the iPhone portable gaming VR AI nfts ai yes and all that stuff but it never kills anything actually it just adds up to what already exists uh but maybe sometimes it prevents something to develop further uh maybe not Can we talk about this? Because every time that when when something appears like uh, we gotta we gotta go with the 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 newer newer AI kills the profession of the illustrator. No more illustrators out there. Everybody's drawing with the the AI pictures. Come on, man. Uh, Or uh, the, the music that is generated by the neural networks uh or uh adding nfts to your game uh which is kind of you know uh kind of wild for many people that could actually kill you. yeah yeah so please tell us uh tell us about that <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> i uh personally i i i was like everybody very fascinated by Mid-Journey, etc., and now I'm gonna piss off a little bit. I, uh, yeah, I'll be frank. Uh, it's uh, I'm glad I'm not an illustrator. I'm glad I'm not an artist. If I was an artist, and I've talked to some artists, they are worried uh, because some of the things that now these uh, these tools uh, do are mind blowing. And if it was my craft, it it what, what my purpose and what I was born to do was to make pretty drawings that I can show to my friends or, or to the industry. And people go like, wow, this is amazing. How do you do that? Like, you're so talented. And then, like, someone comes in and types six prompts and, like, shows up like, here is 30 variations of that thing, but better. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be worried, frankly. And uh, it's coming for writing. Uh, it is coming for music, even though, you know, it's like, of kind of sucks on music right now. Uh, but... Uh, there's a moment it won't suck anymore. I you know, give it five years or maybe less, or maybe maybe if maybe a month. I don't know. Yeah, it's going so fast right now that uh, it's possible. And um, as much as there are, I can imagine like some tools that are gonna help us. Like for example, if um, in fact, I really want to bring Doug Church on this podcast. He uh, was, uh, was the creator of Underworld and Thief and all these games. Uh, but he uh, he told me. Seven years ago, way before all those uh, disco diffusion, etc. He told me uh, one day there would be some tools on a, like Unreal, you know, the next version of Unreal at some point should be something where you direct your level as opposed to you make the level. So you just say, oh, I want a church. Uh, no, I want it smaller. No, I want it like more lit to the right side. Add some gore. you know, And it would do it that real time for you. Uh, and, Great. well uh, When? And,
0: that's my level. Yeah, of right. But that's
2: yeah. But that's gonna that's gonna happen, right? I mean, like if you if you look at all these things, like like uh, that we are going through, and how it's gonna happen. So that might be helpful indeed. But uh, yeah, there's a moment where uh, it's it's a little scary because I think there's also one thing is that it only works based on references. So at some point, it's gonna reference itself. Uh, Midjourney is gonna start to. Uh, be influenced by other things that have been made by Mid Journey. So it's the snake that eats its own tail at some point. So I don't even really know where that's going. Uh, I'm I was fascinated at first, and now I'm like kind of scared ab- about it. Like not scared, but like I'm I'm a little uh uh well, <laughs> let's be you know let's be honest. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be rough. Like if now there's a way for me to generate uh, a thousand portraits for my next game, for example. Uh, or faces directly you know uh, just by hey hit this button and choose the ones you want to keep oh i'm making it more look like this or that or like longer hair please or whatever and i'll be like well that's fun that's great but it probably kills someone's job out there uh and it's not about for those people who do those things it's not about just them using it now because it changes entirely their paradigm uh, and their purpose and and what they what how they relate to the world. So uh, I yeah, I'm nervous about it, but I'm you know that's what I'm saying.
1: Um, I I agree that it's kind of uh, scary or like uh, like it's it's mind blowing what what you could get uh, from these uh, neural networks right now. And uh, you're absolutely right that it could change in a month because a month ago we had a like mediocre results that that would not, you know, that you could not use in your real projects, And now there might Midjourney journey version number four got released, and we have a stable diffusion models. And you actually can get uh, and, and use it right away uh, without, with minimal to none uh, modification in, a, in, by, in Photoshop by real artists. But um, I know that scared about, you know, the jobs. Like, if you're scared about the jobs of artists, uh, we should be scared about jobs for, you know, taxi drivers or, uh, like, machine operators that would eventually be replaced by, you know, intelligent machines, like, self-driving cars and stuff like that. Uh, I think that's natural way of things, and it's inevitable. And the only way how to prevent that is to, you know, to get into ludism and fight the progress uh, and you know s- you know try to stay uh in-, in nature and uh and uh reject all the progress uh I'm but on my the way. <laughs> but uh the thing is um like talented artists as i mentioned uh all these models they need some guidance some references and yeah. it's a power of mind it's like uh you don't have to have a crafting skill for, like actual drawing skills scale, but you still have to have an imagination to come up with the, uh right prompt to guide the neural neural network uh, the right way. And the point when even that would become, you know, absolute and unnecessary is when the, all the content would be, you know, personally crafted to exact user, and they will reflect their own uh, kind of perceptions and every player will become a kind of co creator of, of the experience they, so there. So there'll be no middleman of designer so you would become someone would design a you know algorithm and every player would become uh uh kind of uh will take a part uh, in, in, a, in a play um but right now uh it will get rid of technical skill people like people who are just not nothing but recreate uh, and uh, render uh render stuff but uh like what? What me I mean, it's like a you know there's um all, all the content created by Midjourney. It looks beautiful until you you know gives a real good look, uh, and it, it's kind of it's it's creepy. Uh, and all the all the details are creepy. It kind of are trying to you know mimic to real objects, and when you kind of understand that, it gives me shivers. Uh, I don't like it's kind of hallucination uh it's uh it's uh not normal it's uh it's not okay to, to look you know for a long time into that arc, art and uh maybe uh i uh, i don't know uh i never heard or saw a finished product uh, entirely created by neural networks and uh the music is a it's a good example because uh you know, algorithmic music is boring it, it's uh it's not fun it's not creative it's not pleasant to hear i, I, I don't know who whoever listens uh you know, to generative music except for like lo-fi for studying and stuff like that uh you cannot create queen or Iris smith or uh i i don't know kind lamar uh, you know uh by algorithm
0: you will probably uh, be, be some, able you know, to human. do that stuff with algorithms, but you were right when you were saying that you still need a live person with taste, knowledge, and at least some sort of education, uh to to, to write something down that prompt. And uh the the phenomenon of art is that you know a, a living being creates something artificial be it a world of music fantasy or a world of literature fantasy or whatever else uh i just don't think that um something artificial created by another artificial thing will really become something groundbreaking it is useful It will be useful, and uh, I agree with you, Ilya, in that uh, science fiction, uh, you know, hypothesis that in 30,000 years, every user will get his own experience generated by something uh, without, you know, without the need to buy anything on Steam or App Store. But that's that's ahead of us. At that point, nobody will ever worry about that shit anymore. It's just... Maybe... Maybe it's not that far. Maybe it's maybe maybe we are
2: seeing it happen right now. And and if we are, maybe I think then it means that the humans will have won the game. Which, if you think about it, from like what we've tried to do since day one, which is inventing the wheel so that now you don't have to push things, and then digging well so that you don't have to go get the water to the river putting some pipes to the to the sink to your kitchen and then like have it just there and, and what we want is like to do the least as possible and have everything automated for us right and so like we will win that by just being just receiving content all day long not having to work anymore and then that will be the re, the restarts of the cycle we' just like it's and that's maybe we're on the third cycle of the simulation already you know because it's uh it, it's life won't be very fun when it's that
1: it's a singularity it will be will be one hundred percent time connected to the random content generated by your own mind seed yeah. but the content constantly, constantly and that'll be a nightmare, something like an event horizon. horizon I saw <laughs> uh,
0: well, at least uh, nobody will ever uh, whine about how hard yeah. it is to create art again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be yeah, it'd be the end hey
2: you know we have there's gonna be an end to the game anyway at some point <laughs>
0: yeah it was really it was really nice to see you Raphael. uh as always great to see you man Ilya. yeah thank you guys thank you thank you guys you have a nice one you bye too bye. thank you thank you yeah bye bye bye